Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. What are you doing on this lovely quarantine evening besides well, talking shield? <laughs> right, right before we were going to begin, I opened up a program that I used to, uh, how do you say, illegally download television shows. <laughs> I, I know you and I, 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 know, I know you and Billy are cool with it. <laughs> but, uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I was opening it up to check and see if anything that I needed that I had, hadn't thought of, you know, that, that I needed to check on or whatever. I posted on the site and I refreshed it. And a British program, a documentary show called Rich House Poor Houses, uh, Rich House Poor House popped up. And the way their logo looks, when I just first walked in the room and glanced at the screen after it refreshed, it looked like it said Bitch House, Poor House. And I was like, whoa, what show is this? What reality show is this on E that I haven't heard about? I wouldn't I doubt that that was a show at, at some point. <laughs> I was like, I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Oh, my God. That's, I'm, the quarantine's got to be that much. <laughs> I'm willing to try it. No, um, but no, I knew that couldn't be right. And sure enough, it was not. Uh, other than other than getting ready to talk about it, emotionally taxing and mentally jumbly, I don't know, like like not not necessarily taxing, but like not simple, not straightforward. Uh, yeah, episode. and I don't think it, I don't think it's meant to be that way. I think we're supposed to see it as if we're Robin, like we're it's you know everything happening at the same time. Like I. I feel like I understand why they did that, but as a viewer, I'm like, fuck, man, it's already emotional enough, and now you're trying to make me use my brain? Well, I think because <laughs> of the subject matter and because of the way it plays into the whole season, I think you're absolutely right, and it, like, it really accentuates – it's it's the whole story storytelling mechanism for the whole episode is something that's like a microcosm of something that's reflected with the whole season, the way we're getting pieces of everything and pieces of mm – -hmm. Fitz's story and then go back to the present like it's all it is all told out of order and it is all jumbled and we're not getting at the whole picture of stuff that even happened it started in the first season you know like going yeah. back and everything in between and it's kind of cool like like that this episode is like I think a focal point in a lot of ways and it's where we start to get a lot of those answers and it is like the whole episode is like just told in that format very explicitly and I, I like stuff that's told out of order like uh what do you call it uh, Catch Twenty Two is one of my favorite books, and that's mm -hmm. the part of the whole fun of that is that it's completely out of order. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yeah. We'll get into that in just a second. I wanted to, um, I dropped some photos in our chat. That I we'll saw. probably post at some point because the last <laughs> week was the final episode. Yeah, I think it was last week. It so, might have been two weeks ago, but it was very recent. I think it was last. I think it was, but everything just floods together now time <laughs> yeah okay so i'm pretty sure it was last week anyway right. as when when we as of today august 24th when we are recording this which this probably won't come out for another month um last week was the final episode ever of agents of shield and so the cast was like posting a lot of their like behind the scenes stuff like all these photos that they've like kept throughout the years on their instagram so i was like on instagram all night just like looking through everybody's photos and stuff and I came across, <laughs> what's his name? Max Rosinski. He's the think, actor that plays right. Davis. Yeah. He's and, hot and, in real life. <laughs> and, and when you pointed that out, I think you showed it to me. You texted it to me first. And, and I said, well, I mean, he is married to Dyke and Lockman. I don't mean to suggest that she's like an entirely superficial person, but like she's also like 
and on a show with incredibly hot people, she's like yeah. freak. She's like a statue or something. <laughs> like she's like, yeah. like somebody's idea of hard from marble looks yeah. like. Yeah. So, so yeah, she has like everyone else has like CGI, you know, character models. They just took a photo of her in the outfit or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's no, but, but so like it makes sense that she'd be married to a super hot person. <laughs> but yeah, there's like all these photos of him on his Instagram. I was like, whoa, what? Because in the show, he's just so dorky. Like, <laughs> just like, oh, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have realized that based off of who Davis is supposed to be. And I think the the edible episode in season six really ruined it for me. <laughs> I can't see him any other way. One <laughs> <laughs> <When> his, <clears throat> yeah, that photo of. Uh... Of Deke. <laughs> okay, so yeah, so that's so, I'm already. Th- I'm already. That, that the next photo is. <laughs> so the next photo, we'll post these on our Twitter as well, so you know what we're talking about. Um, so Chloe and um, Jeff Ward are really good friends, and so Chloe and Jeff were. This is the night before the the um the last episode. Um, they were getting ready to watch it so they could be prepared, and so she was like i don't know she was going through all these photos and stuff from behind the scenes and like i don't know if i just haven't seen a picture of him in a while but this really shocked me like to the point where i was like laughing hysterically so she points the camera at him like oh jeff ward is two hours late and he has this like 70s porn stash and this long shaggy hair and it's not a baseball tee, but it's like the baseball style, like coloring, like where like the ringer tee where yes. it like, goes into the sleeve. And so the whole combo of it, because it is a well-fitting <laughs> shirt, like, like 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 in his hair and mustache combo, he looks in the the dog, which is <laughs> yeah. Chloe's dog, uh, in front of him. The combo, of the whole picture, it looks like it is a picture of pitching him as the replacing Walter Matthau in a Bad News Bears reboot to me. Like, it's like, give him a bunch of punk kids and like a, you know, a broken down bus or something. I'd watch that movie. Like, oh, oh my God. God. I was just like, what is happening here? Is this real? And because then I was like, wait, is this a filter or like, is this a joke? <laughs> and then I guess, so I went and looked on his Instagram. I was like, no, this is real. Like, this is really how he, what he looks like right now. A Starsky and Hutch filter. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it was funny too, because Elizabeth Henstridge hosted a live zoom with like the cast and the the crew and the creators and jeff obviously was on there with chloe and everybody was like giving him a hard time about his mustache and his hair (laughs) as you know as we saw at WonderCon, just everybody giving him a hard time it was just like dude you like are making yourself easy like bait here (laughs) 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 oh so funny so yeah, we'll post those. It's just what a goofball. All right. Where are my notes? We are recording in the afternoon and I am drinking, so this will be however it is. <laughs> however it comes out. Um before we get started, we are a part of the but why though pod what but wow. Here we go. But why though podcast community. So be sure to check them out on Twitter at but why though PC and their website, but why though podcast.com. We're super proud to be a part of their community. And this is season season five, episode eight, titled The Last Day, which real sad, real sad title, written by our friends James and Charlotte Oliver, um, directed by Nina Lopez Corrado, originally aired January 19th, 2018. I don't remember why James and Charlotte Oliver are our friends, but I remember calling them that them that in the past we, we ended up like looking, <laughs> looking them up i think and like the, we were trying to figure out how they were connected oh I think yeah yeah, yeah. I think they were brother sister yeah, yeah yeah husband and wife team yeah 
And I think I think that they like worked on it through the end. We weren't sure where they ended up because when we, when we calculated all this, they would have just finished filming and like shooting. So like, mm-hmm. who knows? Who knows? Especially now with the way the the, the pandemic has affected is. everything. Yeah, yeah. I think that everything. Yeah, especially it feels like I don't know. Like anything with that that was already ephemeral like that. Like who knows? Because if they were in the middle of something bunch of shows that have been like renewed or, or for multiple seasons have now been canceled at networks like so yeah i i don't even know i know there's a couple shows that have gone back to filming um and they're gonna try to be socially distant and just take as many precautions as possible but we'll see some i get like I, I read about one cancellation i think that netflix did wasn't because they didn't have faith in the show or whatever but it was totally because of covid it's just because with every year their show like uh is it I'm not okay with this. Is that what it's called? I think it's a based on a Charlie Forsman graphic novel and starring Sophia Lillis from the it movies and the, a bunch of other stuff. It's, it was really good. But uh, the whole thing is that she and the other kids are like, because of already having to have delayed for six months, those kids are now instead of like 20 year olds playing 17 year olds or 21 year olds. And especially like, I think that the male second lead, it's like, they're just growing up, you know, like, it's who's I was also one of the kids from it, I think, <laughs> but, and, but it's like, like they, they just, it, it makes sense though. On a show like that, like it's going to start to look weird. It's going to start to suspend your disbelief or whatever. And they're already, you know, cast because of labor laws and stuff, you know, yeah. young adults to play teenagers. It's, it, it sucks though. Cause like on something like that, where it is a creative issue, it's, there's just nothing really around. Yeah. It, you know, they don't have Marvel budgets to CGI. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. That's so crazy. I didn't even think about that as being a problem, but that is probably a huge problem with a lot of these, like, I guess, stranger things, too. I don't know if they're finished filming their next season. I know that they're, like, committed to not ending. Like, I think okay. they're they're willing to do a time jump or something because they, they didn't even wanted to do that before, I think. And because originally the idea was to have the second season take place in the early 90s and have them be young adults and really? do like, an it homage. But they ended up liking the kids so much, they threw out their entire second season and rewrote it as the one we got. Oh, shit. So... I, I think that they would be okay with it, I think, theoretically. And plus, we've gotten so much time with them, jumping ahead a couple of years, putting those kids like in finishing high school instead of starting it. Like, yeah. we could fill in the blanks. Yeah. They, they sort of grew apart but stuck together because well, of all the weird shit in their friendship. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, too, um, like, that show is so successful, they probably have the budget to just scrap something and completely rewrite it and, you know, get, you know get still, something still different make, going yeah. if they wanted to <laughs> make do yeah mm-hmm. they, they you're, i think you're right like it's one of their flagship shows at this point one of their long yeah. longer running ones but uh no it's it was weird to think and like i guess it's not an issue really for any of the marvel movies they haven't started anything with any young people yet other than uh spider-man and he's already got a bunch of weird aging issues and that stuff and <laughs> that's just part of canon right <laughs> yeah and like the three leads were already like pretty like like they don't, they're not going to look that different <laughs> next, next year you know especially uh yeah uh, the, the second leads everybody but tom like we're already a little bit older i feel like like i don't know i feel like just or what is it justin battle on is that oh name? yeah he was like 25 or something yeah like, but he but just he's really good at making himself seem really young like he is he's a good actor him when he's like just himself he looks like a man <laughs> like <laughs> i don't know just, no like, i agree the, just his posture and just like his i don't know 
That's I was gonna say the posture I think is a huge thing because he carries himself so differently. Like like his confidence level, just the way he moves. Like mm-hmm. it's he he really is a really good actor. He doesn't get enough credit because Ned's yeah. like I think you know everybody loves him, but you don't nobody thinks like I bet that's hard for him to do. But you don't. But that's because you assume he's like him in real life. Yeah. But he's not a sixteen year old nerd. He's a like a twenty eight year old cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it reminds me of Pen Fifteen with. Um, Maya Erskine and Anna I forget her last name but um they're like playing like fucking I okay it took me forever to try to to like figure out what was actually happening there because I was like they're that's no way they're 30 and playing these 13 year olds totally what it is I was like wow okay (laughs) (laughs) that's really weird and then it's even weirder to think that they're actually acting with like 13 and 14 year old actors like on the show I'm like they talked really about weird. it uh, to, to, to promote it they were both on a comedy bang bang right when it first came out on hulu <laughs> and they talked about how weird and uncomfortable like like it got at at like the spin the bottle scene up until that point they were just having the best time but then they realized like oh shit we have to make out with 13 year old boys <laughs> like this is weird oh no and like all the kids are super professional like like, like you know, oh, yeah, because, because sure. it's what it is like they're like we like they didn't none of them were being weird about it because they didn't want to fuck it up you know like yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and it's kind of funny because it's like it's weird in a different way but it, it's gonna obviously help play into the awkwardness and weirdness just of that age that age oh, yeah. range you know of like the whole se- that whole scenario is a preteen and yeah having a weird teenager. energy is a great starting point yep. for that scene <laughs> exactly oh my for god for real oh i love that and hate that show so much it just hits <laughs> way too close to home because they're the same it, age as me so it is exactly my junior high experience and i'm just like oh god <laughs> is this what i looked like <laughs> It's weird because I don't think tonally it's similar, but it, it is. It's just the weird. It's the same mental thing of knowing they're the wrong age, but just rolling with it. But in reverse, <laughs> yeah. of of uh, of Amy Sedaris's uh, <laughs> uh, Strangers with Candy that show because oh it had the same like weird vibe of the whole time. I'm laughing when I'm like, this is insane, and it was pretty out there. And it, like, just yeah. even if it were an old lady playing an old lady. But the fact that it was a 32-year-old woman playing a 70-year-old woman, it, it somehow has the same sort of just that that weirdness, even though it is reversed, works. It, it, maybe it's just super, super funny 32-year-old ladies putting on like cr- a crazy idea and making it happen and being yeah. like the centerpieces of a show is like, just awesome to see too. But uh, I, I'm with you. Like, Pin 15 was one that was like a slog to get through. It's one of the only like non-depressing shows that has been hard for me to get through because <laughs> it is like just so awkward. It's, yeah. but it is, it's, it's in a good way. Uh, it's a totally different awkward from review, but it's another one where it's like the whole time I'm cringing, but uh-huh. I've rewatched it twice because it's so yeah. good. <laughs> I know. And I don't usually oh, like that kind of stuff, but. Oh, I know. I think it is just because it's like, that's, our formative years and it's like yeah that's relatable <laughs> oh my god i just i tell everybody that's like around my age i'm like you need to watch this show because <laughs> you're gonna be like oh no <laughs> all right let's talk about shield <laughs> for sure 
I like um, it when we front when we front load this stuff. I feel like it helps us focus. And sometimes we yeah. end up getting a pretty streamlined episode, even if we do yeah, a, a yeah. nice diversion. <laughs> There's a lot here. So I'll it's and it's gonna be a lot of plot stuff, and then we'll kind of try to figure out what's actually happening. So <laughs> but um I was like crying so much during the end of this, so I, I don't know how good my notes are gonna be. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, also I started the wrong episode and the recap, I was like really confused. I was like, wait a minute. Like none of this happened. Like, are they showing scenes that like they got cut from uh, previous episodes? And then I was like, oh, I skipped an episode on accident. So anyway, cause it showed like Robin being killed and I was like, oh, that hasn't happened yet. That like clearly <laughs> did something wrong. So anyway, the recap for this episode was that Robin was revealed to May being on the crash Zephyr on the surface of the earth. And I like how Robin is like, cause we see her at so many different ages and like the way she's reintroduced, like in this season, it's like, I don't fucking remember who this like little white girl is. <laughs> like, why would, you know, from season two or whatever, like I for sure did not remember who she was um, when I first watched it. Um, but she always has that bird with her to be like, look, it's Robin as an old lady. Look, it's Robin as a, a you know, an older child <laughs> like we just have to like keep bringing it out to make sure that we understand who this character is it's so weird so we go back to the zephyr in 2018 which it's i guess they're i don't even know what year they're in like on our other timeline so i don't know and shield is on the zephyr they're watching the or really some of shield is on the zephyr watching the earth be destroyed and they're you know having some background talk of like oh yeah that's gone dark blah 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 and May is piloting and child Robin is like walking through and they're like, you know, Robin, you can't be here. Go back in the back. And she's like, oh, it's OK. We survived the crash. And May's like, what crash? And then suddenly they get hit by something and they start going down and they're in like some kind of gravity storm. Um, and then Robin says, there's something else I need to remember. And we go back to the present. And this is obviously, like we said, like Robin is ex this ex this episode is Robin we're experiencing things from like Robin's point of view, kind of at least some of the scenes. <clears throat> and so Robin is in the present now and may, and she says that exactly that phrase. There's something I need to remember. And may is confused by what Robin is saying. She's like, you're not making sense. And um, this dude, walk, this big white dude walks and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, that happens. Like I kind of drove myself crazy trying to have a conversation with her, but whatever. And then he introduces himself as Samuel Voss. Um, and he tells me that Robin can't distinguish between past, present, and future anymore. And um, we find out that Robin, uh, that he, you know, they're getting ready to like go outside and she's like, what's happening? And he's like, oh, we got to go get the rest of your team. And she's like, oh, they made it to the surface. He's like, well, he points at Robin. He's like, she told me a decade ago that your team will survive and make it to the surface. So we're going to go get them. And then they hear the ship crash and the prophecy comes true. Um. Colson and May reunite and it's very cute. And I want to know like where the team got all these clothes because they like walked in. And I was like, is this like a time jump? Because I don't remember them having all of this, but I don't know, whatever. Maybe they had it on the trawler or something. So anyway, they embrace and it's really sweet. And they're kind of like, I don't know, it's been a while since they've seen each other. Um, and, you know, Colson does his, you know, dad joke, you know, <laughs> you know, like the, the, the flight wasn't that great. It's an inex inexperienced pilot and there were no pretzels and blah, blah, blah. And um, Daisy walks in and her and May haven't seen each other since they were in the in our timeline. I don't know. Other timeline. <laughs> and the diner, basically. 
Um, and then this freaking episode is so dark that I couldn't tell. So I wrote in the notes, are those fractures on Daisy's arms, like from trying to quake things, but it ended up, it was just like some kind of wound. Um, but I couldn't tell because it was so freaking dark. Um, and then Deke, Fitz and Gemma walk in and Deke and Fitz are having a moment. Fitz is like, or Deke is, well, Fitz and Gemma are impressed that the Zephyr made it. And they're like, wow, this is crazy. And then Deke is kind of geeking out and he's like, oh, wow, this thing used to fly and blah, blah, blah. Like, this is like a, a real feat of engineering. And, and um, he's like, it must have been really cool to be like, to be the one to fly this thing. And Fitz is kind of like, well, I wasn't the pilot. I was just the engineer. And Deke is kind of like awkward around Fitz. I don't know. This scene was really weird because I'm wondering if he realizes who Fitz is at this point. I don't think he does yet. And also, um, remember May reunited with everyone uh, after she and Deke first had their first encounter in the in the two part pilot. She gets separated from them pretty quick. But oh, the, it, but 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 they, they and they but but they never really had a chance to connect her and Daisy. Like like all that happened was she she caught Daisy up, like right after Deke. Oh, and Daisy that's went right. To the arcade. Okay. That's right. And, okay. and they were separated for most of that too. So yeah. like you said, like really they had like all that happened was like oh hey this crazy shit's happening yeah. <laughs> and, and may caught may caught Daisy up with what everyone else had been going through with, with, with their first encounter with grill and shit. And then she ends up getting, you know, sent to the surface while, while Daisy's out. Well, she gets so. captured by the Cree because what happens? Col- something happened. Oh, Deke gets stabbed or something. And Colson has to take him away. And so she stays behind. Yeah, right? so something yeah. like that. But but she she ends up. You're uh, right get, though. I forgot getting, about getting, that. Getting well, there's so much shit's happened this season, and Seriously. like the most important stuff, like you said, is that they really they still haven't had a chance, even in this episode, to connect. It feels like like yeah. nobody's nobody's getting a chance to slow down. Like, and it's like it doesn't sink in sometimes. Like it feels like it's been what three days. Like it hasn't yeah. been a long period of time. Even though it's been yeah. eight episodes. But also, like, everybody has been, like, on the, you know, almost dead, like, so many times. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. You know, like, May, like, fought in the fucking arena and then she got sent to the surface. Like, nobody knew, like, what was, and, and she was just, she was gone for, like, how long? Like, nobody knew where she was. Like, yeah, they've all had different experiences, but, like, with Cassius and, like, yeah. and, like, some of, like, both May and Daisy have, like, brushed against what's happening with Gemma, you know, mm-hmm. but, but uh, not at the same time. <laughs> well, yeah. well, well, like, no, you're, your 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 main point is right. It's just like this this episode does not help with anything that's already jumbled too. <laughs> it only makes it more jumbled. It's a good episode, yeah. but it's like just because it is the the slaughterhouse five Billy Pilgrim unstuck from time superpower. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it makes it out of order. Yeah. Well, and later I try to distinguish between which maze and which robins right. and which daisies and which which fitzes we're actually talking about because it gets confusing to like try to write notes out on this or like explain it so at one point Fitz kind of like hits the nail on the head too because he, he verbalizes how confusing it all yeah. is yeah <laughs> so Gina if you're listening to this I'm really sorry if you haven't watched this episode maybe you should go watch this episode before you listen to this yeah just this, this one just so you can you know understand what's happening um because I know you don't watch the, sh- the actual show um but uh so anyway so so you don't so do you think fit or um Deke is putting the pieces together about who Fitz is. I don't get the I don't get the vibe that he has the idea because he doesn't seem like he's like knowing yet. But like, there's no like winky stuff. Yet, yeah. But to, to, to me, I, I I feel like he hasn't quite clicked yet. But I don't I, know. 
like after Fitz is like, oh, I'm just the engineer. Like, I feel like he has this moment of like, I don't know if it was just awkward because Deke is just awkward <laughs> or if well, you, you might be right. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, or if he's kind of like, oh, huh. Like maybe like his dad told him stories or something. I don't know. Well, he definitely. Like, well, and he, he, he calls him whatever he calls him. What is it? Bobo? Like he has some relationship with him, you know? So like, I feel yeah. like it's, I feel like it's possible off the, well, it wouldn't be his dad. Right. Cause it's, He's Deke Shaw. He 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 has a, he he's their their daughter's son, right? Yeah, but I mean, like his dad was alive, and so right, 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 like, right. He would have told him, like, oh, you're you know your grandfather. He would have kept. He would have kept designed this or whatever, like. And any memories he did have of him, he would have kept alive. Yeah, like, by talking about him or his he's, mom he, at least. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm one. Yeah, I don't know. Just like that. That scene was just like unnecessarily awkward. I mean, like, yes, Deke is awkward, like I said, but. I was I'm just gonna have like, to was there? I, I right. There was a little bit a weird emphasis on that conversation. And, and I don't know if they're just playing up, like, because obviously we don't know at this point, like in the timeline, like if we were watching this for the first time, like what is happening between them? Like maybe they are just like hinting at like, huh, there's some connection between these two men and Gemma. But anyway, um, so Deke and Samuel reunite and they're like, you know, Deke's like, oh my God, like here you are. And Samuel's like, hey, where's everybody else? Where's Virgil? And he has to tell him the bad news. And Deke's like, you know, it was weird. Uh, like, didn't think I'd hear my dad's voice, like, on the freaking recording or whatever. And um, he's like, where is he? And Samuel says that his dad went out um, somewhere on the surface and he should be on his way back now. Um, and Deke is like, huh, well, I don't know if he'll be happy to see me. So it seems like they departed on, on bad terms. And sadly, we never get to find out. <laughs> um, so back on the lighthouse, Cassius is like, what the fuck? Like they crashed uh, and it seems like they survived. Like, how did they survive? They're very resourceful. This is this is not good. Um, and so he's like, he looks at Sonara and he's like, do you want to go after the Destroy of Worlds? And she like snaps her head over to look at him and is just barely nods. But the glee in her face just like yes, I get to go hunting. Um, she's totally down. And uh, it's interesting how, now that we know what their relationship is, how he asks her is like, do you want to go? Not, I want you to go. Like he is asking her if that's something she wants to do. <laughs> um, I think he knows the answer to that question, <laughs> you know, before he asks it. But um, so he's like, yeah, you know, you're going to, okay, you go do your thing and hunt them down and uh, we will deal with the rest of the human traders on the base. And I, at first I was like, oh, Mac and Yo-Yo, oh no. And then I was like, wait, no, he's not differentiating between Mac and Yo-Yo and all the other humans. He's just thinking about all the humans <laughs> that are there. Um, and Mac and Yo-Yo and Flint need to get to level three, um, but the lights go out and this is part of this like whole punishment that Cassius is dealing out on the humans. And this woman comes up and starts blaming Flint. She's like, this is your fault. Like the water and lights have already been cut. Like, and then a crowd forms and there's, they're like, you should, this is because you ran away. Like, this is all your fault. And oh, some, someone's like, you should be with the rest of the, the inhumans on level, whatever. Like, like basically saying like, you guys should be in the gladiatorial pits. Like that's what you're good for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was not lost on me that this is said to a black kid <laughs> yeah it's pretty pretty fucking messed up and well yeah and i think the two people yelling leading the way the first one was an old white lady it was, it yeah. was, a, it was a karen yeah. and then, 
And the next yeah. one I think was a was a middle aged white man. So it's pretty pretty on point for reality. It felt, it, and it also like the time period that we're like where we are currently in right now, like in real life, like the Karens coming out and saying like, oh, all of this is your fault. Like you should have just played by the rules when you shouldn't have protested yeah you shouldn't have rioted it's like well the system's rigged and he was gonna die anyway so like you're all gonna die anyway this system does not work for you it's very interesting the parallels to this for real it's not it's not lost on us i think yeah um and mac just like steps up and he's like no we're not doing this right now like you don't want to go there and they leave (laughs) and mac is just so big and scary that everybody shuts up and lets him leave which Um, is also very believable yeah (laughs) those karens would be like yes sir (laughs) like at that moment um also um when i was going through my instagram like looking through things um uh, Jeff Ward was posting photos from this past season, the seventh season. And I didn't, I tried not to look at too many things cause I didn't want to get spoiled for things. Cause I haven't watched it yet. Um, and there's this photo of Henry Simmons. And I think it's, I think Elizabeth Henstridge is in there. And I think Jeff is there too. I can't remember exactly who's in that scene, but he is just so big compared to everybody else. Henry Simmons is. And um, Jeff's comment was like, you see the different the size difference between Henry and everybody else. Yes, he's actually that big. <laughs> like he, he's just and then like Elizabeth Henstridge was posting photos of the two of them and she like barely comes up to his shoulder. <laughs> like he's just such a big dude. Oh, such a big teddy bear. Where are we at? I think we're back on the Zephyr. So the team, yeah, so like Colson and May and Daisy and um Fitz and Gemma that are all on the Zephyr, they're kind of discussing how Robin can she can't distinguish between these two timelines, between the one where the earth was destroyed and then the one where, you know, like that them and then this them. <laughs> if that makes sense. And um Fitz and Gemma are kind of like, yeah, like she's just real confused. Like, just let's try not to overwhelm her. And so um, they they leave and Colson and May go and try to talk to her. And Colson's asking her questions. He's, he's trying to be really patient. And Robin says, I already told my mother everything. And it's going to be important later. <laughs> and um, May chimes in because Colson's like, wait, what? Like your mother's dead. And May chimes in. She's like, well, she told me that the diner was the last time we were all seen together. And she starts explaining a few other pieces. And then Robin interrupts and she's like, Philip J. Colson can bring all the pieces together. And then she says, this is the day it all ends. And I was like, what the fuck, lady? Because I don't remember what any of this shit meant until obviously <laughs> by the end of the episode, we know what all of this means. Um and this is where I got really frustrated because these scenes are too fucking dark and I can't see anything. Um, so Daisy's inhibitor is still on, so she can't use her powers. Um, and so she's like, yes, I think Colson makes a comment like, oh, you know, we were hoping to get Quake back. And she's like, well, I'm kind of screwed with this still, in, you know, installed in my head. So she's going to go have Fitz and Simmons look at it. Um, and on her way there, Daisy runs into Deke and she like tries to empathize with him. and. Um, Deke is like, yeah, you know, everything that I thought to be real is not real. Like his entire world has been shifted upside down. Like he thought his dad was dead. He thought that the people that like got sent to the surface just died. Like he didn't know these people were down here. And I think I don't I don't remember if it was in the conversation before or it was in this conversation, but he makes it a point to say, like, yeah, they clearly like didn't trust him with this information. (laughs) And so he's kind of like bummed about that, too. 
Um, and he tells her like how Robin and his dad were sent down to the surface by Cassius because they were stirring up trouble. And he's like, I thought she was just like a crazy old lady. I didn't know she could actually like see the future and hear you. And then you guys show up and I'm like, Oh dude, like she was right. Um, and he's like, he kind of hates that his dad is right about everything right now. And, and Daisy's like, yeah, it kind of sucks when you get, when your parents get to say, I told you so. And he's kind of like, you act like you have experience with this. And she's like, well, and, and he's like, well, hopefully my dad forgives me because we didn't leave on good terms. And Daisy's like, well, she starts talking about her dad. And, you know, she's like, I didn't meet my dad till I was in my 20s. And it was a bit of a rocky start, but we got there. And I was just like, I don't know. I had big feels about that. And then you took his memory away and now he's a veterinarian. <laughs> he doesn't remember <laughs> you. Like, that's where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. So Mac, Yo-Yo, and Flint are on level three, and Flint's super upset. He's like, dude, everybody hates me. Like, this is my fault. And Yo-Yo goes out to him, and, you know, Mac's like, don't think like that. And Yo-Yo's like, look, when I became inhuman, some of my friends didn't see me the same after, and that's not on me. That's on them. And then I love how she just, like, is this like mentor for him and like what he's going through is really upsetting and he's just going through it in a completely different, more horrible timeline, I think. <laughs> um, but Mac like interrupts them and he like shushes them because there's a Cree that's gassing the hallways with some substance that keeps the roaches away, keeps them from wandering around in certain places. And they're like, why is he here? Like, what the fuck? We find out later that he's chasing them to the elevator to go to other levels. Um, Gemma and Fitz are amazed that the Sever is still intact. They're like, wow, like, I can't believe everything we designed, like, stood the test of time and, you know, made it through space and time. Um, and they see that there's this new device on the wall and they're like, what is that? And then Fitz is kind of looking at it and Samuel pops in and he explains that it opened the portal that they came through. And Deke's dad is the one that built it. His name is Owen. And... Um, Fitz is like, great, where is he? And he's like, well, he didn't design it. Like, he found some old schematics and he built it from the schematics. Um, and so, like, okay, cool. Like, we're when he gets back, we're going to – we need to ask him some questions. And then they realize that they're finally alone for the first time and how long? God, since, like, right after the framework, right? I think so. Dude. Dude. This is weird. Anyways, they start making out because – whatever they they're clearly fine now <laughs> not so much <laughs> well i mean i don't well i just say that just because i know in the next season they go to the freaking like brain prison and they clearly <laughs> have some issues that they need to resolve <laughs> that they haven't resolved yet so oh for sure <laughs> they're fine at this point um so colson is still trying to talk to rob and he's trying to ask her questions and he's getting frustrated and they're like you know um, I wonder if Fitz's new friend can help. And I really, I like that they called him that, um, but they're wondering if Enoch can help. Um, and he comes over and he's like, you know, um, she only talked to her mother mostly, but she would talk to me if um, I spent many days by her side. And this is not the answer they were looking for. And Colson's like, we don't have time for that. And Enoch's like, well, sometimes things are worth the wait. You know, you got to be patient. And he gets upset. And uh, he and May walk away and Coulson kind of tries to flirt with her and she just is like not having it. <laughs> she, he's just being super cheesy and she rolls her eyes and like doesn't accept any of it. And he's like, oh, come on, what's going on? And she's kind of having an identity crisis because of the conversation that her and Enoch had. It's like you need to find a new uh, 
career path because she can't there's nothing for her to fly and she is injured and can't protect her team right now and so she's like what do i do he's like look like you're the one person i would want having my back no matter what um but she's kind of like oh it's so interesting that she's having this identity crisis like right before all of the stuff between her and robin is revealed oh god this episode's so good (laughs) um so Robin brings them a drawing and um, just kind of like, what does this mean? And it's a drawing of a ship going through an asteroid field. And so we go back to the past. Um, and other May is advocating for Robin. She's like, you know, she sees these things. It's fine. Like, um, we have to listen to her. Like, we're going to make it. We're going to save the world. And she wants other Fitz and Gemma to build a way for them to travel through time. And Fitz is like, that's not possible. You cannot alter time. Physics. This is a physics situation. Like, this can't happen. Um, and Robin shows other May the drawing that she just showed our May. Um, and she, that May is kind of like, no, not right now. Like, not like this isn't the time for you to show me that. Like, they've already had a conversation about this, that this is something she shows her in the future. Um, and Fitz is like really frustrated. And Robin tells him, it's okay. Like, you gave them everything that you had. And so, and then he gets to work. <laughs> um, so on level three, Mac finds his axe and he says, hello, gorgeous. <laughs> and so Flint good. doesn't get it. He's like, doesn't it make it hard to shoot? And Mac's like, yeah, but it makes it easier to chop people in half. I don't know what he says exactly, but something to that effect. Um, and Mac seems a little disappointed that Flint doesn't get it. He's like, uh, like. It's, like, it's a shotgun you know, axe. Like, we're, yeah. Let's not hello. <laughs> exactly. It looks rad. <laughs> yeah exactly um and yo-yo walks in and and she tries to say the name of the roaches which i i don't even remember i didn't try to put it in the notes either and she's like i'm not even gonna try roaches and then <laughs> this is there are a couple things that like echoed the episode that i uh, most most recently wrote a description for for that we posted it's like maybe five episodes ago and we specifically mention the caption reading on the cap on the closed captioning the Vernexnellians or however you say it screeching and sure enough in this episode that's one of the captions again and if I didn't read it I'd have no idea how to fucking even imagine how it's spelled you know (laughs) like so I think it's like uh, Rixellians or something yeah it's like it's got like a V and an R and an N before an (laughs) Xellians like Vernexnellians so so yeah, Yo-Yo, we're on the same we're on the same field yeah, here. It's not your fault, Yo-Yo. You're not going to bother. You're doing great. So apparently, the Cree released the roaches down the elevator. So now they are in on a level where there's a bunch of people. So they go down the elevator and they start walking over a bunch of dead bodies, and it's like this red lit dark hallway with all these dead bodies in it and they're just stepping over people and it's this fucking horror show and flint is like what the fuck very upsetting um so now samuel may and colson are in the armory and the plan for now i guess because they don't know anything is to just go up against the kree just as they are um even though may is very much like well i can't really help but let's do this i guess um and may find something in the toolbox and it looks like the monolith and it is a chunk of the monolith that brought them through time um and colson suggests if they find more pieces of it they might be able to get back home and samuel's like well we kept this as like a you know a beacon of hope but or like a symbol of hope but like i've never seen any of the other pieces so it's pretty far-fetched that you're gonna find them so let's go kill some blue boys and um 
May and Coulson get really excited and they're like, we need to show this to Fitz and Simmons. And they walk away and just leave him standing there. And it seems like the priorities in shift have shifted and Samuel is very disappointed, but he has other priorities. <laughs> also. Um, so Gemma is looking uh, at Daisy's inhibitor and trying to figure out how to remove it. And it's just not going to happen because it's like intertwined itself into her brain. <laughs> and so if they remove it, it could paralyze her from the neck down and they don't have a skilled neurosurgeon there. So it's not. It's a no go. Yeah. It's going like to stay she, in there she for could, now. She could do it maybe, but she'd have to do it herself, which is not a possibility. Yeah. Um, and so Coulson shows up to show them the piece of the monolith and Deke sees it and he looks really worried. He's like, where did you find that? And I think it's May that says, oh, we found it in Voss's locker. Um, and he looks like upset. And then Fitz sees in the machine, the, the new machine that's been built into the wall, that this is where the piece goes. It fits into this machine. Um, and Coulson's like, maybe Robin can like give us some more information about this. And so he suggests that Daisy go talk to her because she knew Robin first. So she's going to go talk to her. Um, and so Mac, Flint, and Yo-Yo encounter a roach that's about to kill the stupid lady that was like yelling at Flint earlier. She doesn't deserve to be saved, but whatever. Anyway, and then Mac, um, there, I, that, there, there's more than one roach, right? No, there's just one. It's not important. Anyway, <laughs> Mac takes care of it with the axe, and he's like, "Fuck yeah!" And Flint is like, "Now I get it." And he's like, "Yeah, now you get it." <laughs> and so that was a great moment. It was really good. Um, so Mac has an idea how to take back the floor because there's roaches everywhere. The lady tells them they're like they've taken over the floor. Like we're trying to run away. And so he's like, all right, I'm going to idea, but I need the, the air filtration system. So we got to go do this thing. Um, meanwhile, Robin and May are in the lighthouse, but in the past, they're like walking down the hallway. Um, and Robin is asking about Flint. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Not right now. Um, and Yo-Yo starts barreling down the hallway. She's like, excuse me, excuse me. And she calls for May and she, May's like, Please, like she may is already knows that an argument is coming and she's like bracing herself for it. And Yo-Yo does not want to cooperate with the Cree. And May's stance is that, you know, this is what Robin has foreseen. We need to go along with it because this is how we fix everything. And Yo-Yo doesn't believe in that. She doesn't believe in Robin. And then May mentions Mac and Yo-Yo says Mac is gone and he's never coming back, which I don't fucking remember that. I don't know what that's about. Well, I think because well, he, <laughs> he he died already. Did he? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And, and so he died in that first timeline where everybody but Yo-Yo ends up dying uh, other than Fitz because he was frozen or whatever. Uh, uh, from the original timeline, I think, yeah, or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not even Fitz. I don't know. But I do know that... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that Yo-Yo is freaking out about them trying to change change time, and she she doesn't buy into it. And at one point, they've mentioned uh, Flint again, and Yo-Yo says something like, "Stop mentioning Flint! Like we don't know. There's nobody here, you know, named Flint." Talking about people that haven't even been born yet, or something like that. Right? Or yeah, someone says something to that effect, and then uh, Robin says right before she right before Yo-Yo's last like kind of like angry outburst at May and her, Robin says like Mac will help Flint. And she goes, uh, Mac is gone. You know, like, like she's so mad and like, it sucks. Cause the little girl is still like a nine year old, 11 year old little girl or whatever. And she's like, clearly got her powers are causing her to basically have like 
the effects of either like a severe you know disability or mental illness like but but she can't process shit like yeah like it, it normally and it just sucks because you totally get where yo-yo is coming from but you also totally get where may is coming from as this mm-hmm. child's advocate like just like it, even if she didn't even if she hadn't had the powers demonstrated to like have faith in the powers she's just trying to take care of the kid too because yo-yo is so mad you know it's yeah. like she's taking it out on this kid it, it, it's a really well done scene it's great acting from uh, from all the parties oh, involved yeah. May asks Yo-Yo to have faith as well, which is interesting because I don't know. I'll get to that in a second because probably in a in a future episode, next episode most likely, <laughs> um, <laughs> Yo-Yo starts talking about how I stopped believing a long time ago, and I believe we come back to that. I think we do too when we when we revisit this the surviving Yo-Yo. Yes, yes, I believe we do. I feel like there is a whole conversation about faith and everything like that. So, um. Oh, yeah. And back to your point about like Yo-Yo being frustrated with this like nine-year-old kid, like we see Fitz in a a future scene in this episode, like also having like an outburst at her just being frustrated. Like I can't deal with her anymore. Like she talks about, you know, people dying all the time. Like she just told me about Gemma's death. Like it's It's too much for him to even handle, especially because he does Mm -hmm. buy into it. Yeah. He at on some level he buys into it enough to like go along with the plan. I don't know if he actually buys into it, <laughs> but he's just like, "What else do we have? We have nothing else." Um, and at this point, Yo Yo just wants to fight. She just wants to fight somebody. She's, you know, whether that's a nine year old girl, the Cree, May, whoever. Like she, she feel Yo Yo. I feel like in this situation, feels like she needs to do something, and it gets her uh, into trouble. Um, which I don't really remember how that happened. So we'll find out again. <laughs> um, so back in our timeline, Deke asks Samuel where he got that shard from the monolith. And it was his mom's. Um, and so he, I think Dan- Samuel says something like, oh, you know, it's like, it's crazy out there. Like Owen probably left it here for safekeeping. And Deke is like, no, Owen would have taken it with him. Like he wouldn't even leave it for me. Like, and he, when he like got sent to the surface and it was my mother's <laughs> like, um, and, uh, Deke starts calling Samuel out, like, where's my dad? Like, why isn't it with him? And the response to it is a wrench in the face. So Deke gets knocked the fuck out. Um, so Mac and Flint are in the filtration system and good old Fitz left them with a battery. So he's able to repower the filtration system and they start putting that roach gas into the system. And Flint's like, this isn't enough. And he's like, well, we're going to drive them into one room so we can take them out. And so all the roaches go into that one room, like uh, what's his name? Grills old workshop or whatever. And yo-yo goes to work and it's this super like, cheesy slow-mo sci-fi scene with this synth music playing and it's so good <laughs> i was so entertained by this and at the very end yo-yo's just standing there in all this carnage and she's just smiling like yeah i'm cool <laughs> when it's weirdly period which is also kind of interesting given how the final season is like what they're going through different time periods <laughs> yeah it's kind of, it's kind yeah. of neat it is what I, I it's just it makes me laugh because like her and mac are super like pop culture sci-fi horror Mm -hmm. buffs and so like it was just it was just funny to see like her like smiling like yeah like (laughs) i'm a superhero i just killed all the monsters um so on the zephyr daisy goes to see robin and god even when she just walks in there i started crying watching this because like there's so much history between them and like robin was like 
a part of Daisy's life when she was still questioning herself and like here they are again <laughs> and like at the end of Robin's life when Robin still is like I don't know well and she was there circle between them well and Daisy was there specifically the the you know the moments that she had with Robin before involved the death of Robin's dad and Daisy yeah. like kind of dealing with her own father issues and giving Robin closure, you know, to her relationship with her dad by giving her the bird that she always has. So we always know who she is. Uh, you know, like, like it's just kind of, it's, it's, it goes full circle in such a great way that like, she's basically there at her, her beginning and her end of her like right. superhero career, like Robin's super powered career or whatever. And like, ushers her into it by giving her a dad's legacy and like is there at the end it's very it's very well well done but also super super emotional oh, that's gonna make me cry i totally started crying when you um and so daisy actually has a conversation with robin about this she's like you know like i'm really you know i told you when your dad died that like i would keep you safe and i'm really sorry that i haven't been around to do that and Robin's response is, my mother always kept me safe. <laughs> and God, knowing who she means by who she's talking about by her mother, like from the beginning of this episode, just, oh, just tugs at my heart. Um, and so she tries to ask her about like the rest of the monolith, monolith. And she's like, you know, we found a piece of the monolith. Do you know anything else about that? And Robin just kind of starts saying something. And then she hides under the blanket. And Samuel shows up and he's like, yeah, a lot of my conversations with Robin kind of end like that. And he and Daisy's like, she gets up and walks away and is like, yeah, well, my patience is kind of running out. I know it's not her fault. And it almost seems like Robin is hiding from Samuel, right? It does. Like it seems like she's, she's kind of skittish around him. <laughs> yeah. And we know why. <laughs> she, knows, she knows what's going to happen. Um, so Fitz and Simmons are checking out the machine and they figure out that it measures the frequencies of the monolith. Um, and so they're like, we got to go tell the others. And um, Fitz tries to leave and he's like, did you lock the door? And Jim is like, no. And they realize they're locked in. And so he starts banging on the door and screaming for Colson and Colson and may hear him yelling. And so they go to the door and the rest of the, some of the other team like uh samuel's team are there and they say if you don't fight you don't have to die so clearly they're gonna fight um and samuel and daisy are still chatting and um daisy's like yeah you know i don't know how i was able to destroy the world like i'm not that powerful and um samuel's kind of looking through like some like something on a screen and he shows her the video of her arguing with somebody off screen and she gets on a ship alone. She gets on um, a Quinjet by herself. And he says, this is the last time anybody ever saw G Daisy Johnson alive. And then there was a 12.8 earthquake after. And the um, earth cracked like an egg. He says. <laughs> and he's like, what do you think? You know, like, that's too easy. You know, whatever. And Robin peeks out and she's like, it's too late to stop it. <sighs> she's not talking about the earth being destroyed. <laughs> um. So we go back in time other or we at least we go back in Robin's. I don't know, whatever. We're back. This is the other timeline. Other fits. This is what the scene I was talking about um, mm -hmm. is pulling Robin into the room and he's really frustrated. He's telling May he's like, I can't deal with her anymore. Like she just told me about Gemma's death. Like, how am I? What am I supposed to do after that? Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And May is her advocate. And she's like, you can't 
you can't think like that or whatever she says and she can't help it like she just see you know everything's mixed up for her and Fitz yells at may for believing that they can fix it because she's like you're you know it's gonna be fine you're gonna fix you're gonna make the time machine and everything's gonna be fine is this the um, part where he says that like we know we we know that we can't fix it because we've tried before again and yep. again and yeah. failed so like that is a huge thing that like it makes me wonder how many timelines there are. And we'll talk about it because we're almost done. But because there, I, have, there, I have a couple thoughts about it. I didn't even <laughs> like, think but, about that. Okay. Put a, put a pin in that because yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Okay. So anyway, at this moment, Robin says, Daisy, there's a knife. Um, and we go back to the present. And the rest of the Zephyr crew, co- Zephyr crew comes up to Daisy. And Samuel's there. And he has a knife. Um and Samuel, they start fighting Daisy and there's like all the shit going down and, and Samuel starts walking up to Robin. He's like, I can't let what you know get to them. Like, I can't let, you know, I can't risk that this, that, you know, she could do something worse. She's the destroyer of worlds. And he stabs Robin in the gut. Um, and Coulson pops in at this moment because he and May have taken care of their adversaries. and. Um, he goes to help Daisy and May goes to Robin and she calls her mom um, and she's dying and May's like holding her in her arms and she's like, you always promised you'd be there at the end. We go back in time and other May is in Robin, young Robin's room and um, she's being, she is Robin's mom. Like she's working on a desk and Robin wakes up from like a nightmare. She's like, I can't sleep. And she goes over and like, you know, sits in the bed with her and um they have this conversation about like, you know, I don't want to lose you. Like, it's just so hard. Like all I see is people dying all the time. And it means like, we're special. Like we never have to say goodbye because they're going to meet each other again in the future. And while this is happening, Robin in the present is telling our may about this. So may is like, I raised you. And may or Robin says that, um, that she wasn't afraid of what she could do. May wasn't afraid of what Robin could do. She always believed in her. Um, and we go back and other May is telling Robin that, you know, we understand this right now, but in the future, you have to tell me how to save the world and you have to remind me of what we are. And she's like, but you're not going to remember. And May's like, you have to remind me like who we are to each other. And when that day comes, you have to tell me how to get back. Um, and then our now Robin, older Robin that's dying says like, she's seen how May saves the world. She hasn't, she hasn't experienced it yet, but she's seen it. And she whispers to May like what they need to do. And she looks, May looks horrified, (laughs) um, at what needs to happen. And Robin dies in her arms and Coulson is watching this whole thing. And he also looks kind of horrified. And May looks up at him and she's like in tears and she's like, this is what she meant the day it all ends. I was sobbing during this scene. It's it's powerful. Oh, May's whole like, I don't know who I am. And she finds out that she's been a mother for how long? And she gets to be that person for like Robin's last moments is so fucking heartbreaking and powerful. Oh, so back on the lighthouse, the roaches are gone, and Mac is like, look, uh, you can't let Cassius divide you. We have to stick together. And so 
Yo-Yo comes up and she's like, who wants their metric removed? And so she starts removing people's metrics and they're going to band together and have a revolution. <laughs> and um, meanwhile, Daisy finds Deke locked up and all beat up. And Deke is pretty sure his dad is dead. And he's like, yeah, fucking sucks. Um, and the team all get together in one room and they're like, okay, now what, what now? And they kind of banter a little bit and, and, you know, like, well, what comes next? And, you know, because they think Robin is dead and they, you know, that, that was their one line of information that they thought could help them. And now they don't even have that. And May pops out and she's like, I know how we're going to save the world. I know how we're going to get back. She told me. And she's like, but I have one question though. Who's Flint? Ah, I forgot how this ends. (laughs) And I'm just going to remember Because it's Flint. I know. He's the one who saves the world. (laughs) He is. Um, And the very end scene. So Sonara is showing Cassius that the team made it out of the trawler somehow. Like the, you know, the gate is open. Like they obviously walked off the ship. And she's like, what are my orders? And he says, show no mercy. So she is after them. I totally forgot about her. (laughs) Like there was so much else going on. I was like, oh yeah, (laughs) this is happening. And that's the episode. It's pretty good. So here's my crazy timeline thing. Before even that line was going through, I was just thinking about the way everything shakes out. And there have to be at least three different versions of everything. Because there's the version where we we get to see all this happen, where Mm -hmm. Fitz is trying to reason it out and he yells at at Robin and Mac has died and Daisy's destroyed the the, the planet. Mm -hmm. And that's the version that Robin is seeing at one point. But that version isn't the version that they're in because the version they're in Fitz didn't actually live through all this stuff. Yeah. Everyone was taken and Fitz was frozen, but it's also not the timeline that they go back to because the timeline they go back to, they, they unthaw Fitz out. So there are at least three versions of this and Fitz implies that they've tried it and failed several times. So who knows how many more there've been in addition to the third version where they get it right or whatever. So it's very interesting. So this is why time travel kind of sucks in, in fiction like this, because like, how did they go so they went back to the timeline where they were taken out of the present and sent to the future. But they were never taken out of the of the timeline that they end up going to because Yo-Yo's yeah. still there. But they also aren't the one that they that, that we just saw because if they were, then Fitz wouldn't be there. Yeah. So weird. Fuck. <laughs> Again, so but 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 I I feel like the way they get away with it is by Fitz having that line right there where they where yeah. it, it's like they have like this this could be the f- freaking sixty eighth time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Fuck. They're just making a crazy knot out of time. So, so how many future like? There's at least are there? there's at least two futures going on because there's there's the future where. Mac dies and Yo-Yo yells at her, but so does Fitz. But then that's not the future that they're in. But that's also not the future where. But kind of because Yo-Yo is still alive. But it has to be a different version of it, or because otherwise Fitz wouldn't have been in. It wouldn't have been frozen oh, so many years before. And the, the one that they're in, they they were taken from the future, but Yo-Yo's there somehow. So they weren't. What the fuck? Right. Like they like like the F- Fitz's presence and the future Yo-Yo's presence 
seem to make no sense to me, be, but that just because they have to be a third individual timeline separate from the other two. I think is, you're I think you're right. And that's going to have to be my headcanon because it's too fucking confusing is that there's been multiple attempts at time travel here. <laughs> other, without that line and without that factor, then it doesn't make sense that Fitz can be there and future Yo-Yo can be there. Yeah. They have to be one or the other. Right. Right. Also, where does Enoch play into this in that timeline? Because he was clearly right. there. You know what I mean? And so what prompted him to finally make the decision to intervene? I don't know. And like, did he travel back in time? Did he not get involved until like a a certain version of their attempts? Like, did they not get oh. him on board till th- version three or something? Is that, it, it, was he the key to making it work? I like that. Oh, weird. Yeah, because he like developed a relationship with Robin and that's how he knew some, you know, that this was going to happen. And that's why he intervened like, you know, child. Right. Robin. We, we never do see, I don't think, the origin of why he gets recruited into all this. Like, we don't I don't think we ever see why Enoch is brought in and like, who does it? Does does Enoch do it himself? Is it a circuitous loop? I don't know. Interesting. Well, then also in season six, isn't there like a whole like Chromicon police because Fitz is like not in the right timeline or something like that? Right. And that does make sense, too, because they fussed with the timeline so much that that's why they're after. That's why they're after Fitz, because he's responsible for it. Yeah. And it makes more sense if it was just more than one trip, if it was a bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. And so it's it is possible that Enoch is aware of stuff like that because it's clearly like something that the Chromicons are aware of. Right. Yeah, like his consciousness can perceive it or understand it in a way where he can like keep all of them. He can keep it all straight. I I think that makes a lot of sense, and that could even be why it's just on the third try that someone thought to someone knew of his existence and thought to to tell him, "Hey, would you want to help?" Because they knew that he could understand and that he and he'd believe Robin immediately because he can perceive it. It's very interesting. Did Fitz find out about Chromicons? Is that how he's able to do all this stuff to begin with? Like, did he did he find some Chromicon technology and like reverse engineer it? It's very interesting. Did he find Enoch? So does Enoch exist? Like in like he doesn't like time doesn't mean anything to him. You know, like is he able to go tell his past self like you need to do this? What the I fuck? I don't know. <laughs> like, is he able to? Is he able to just like do that with thought? I mean, the, the Chronicoms do have to go through time travel stuff, but they also do seem to like perceive multiple timelines. So that's really interesting. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting to think about. Fascinating. I can't wait for you to catch up and, and f- finish it. <laughs> I I can't either. I'm so excited. Ugh. All right. Um. All right. I feel like we're going to have to talk about this more when the next, when the yo-yo. Yes. After we, after we do the next episode, we'll have to rethink everything because it'll either confirm or deny every crazy thing I just thought of. Yeah. Cause she has like a whole, she has input on all of this. Right. Cause she knows about Coulson. No, she, and that's why it can't be the same timeline we just saw because Fitz was in it, but he wasn't in this one, but she clearly lived through a bunch of shit and saw Mac die the same way. But, but it feels like maybe she went through everything in that past life. We just saw except for Fitz was gone. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is... 
but why would Fitz be gone if everyone else wasn't taken? If everyone else wasn't taken, Yo-Yo wouldn't, wouldn't be there. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember how, do they say how they die, Fitz and Gemma? I don't know. I don't remember. So obviously, confused. it's obviously it's not important enough for us to remember. We would have I'm remembered also, it, right? More, I'm also more confused now than when we started somehow. <laughs> I, well, I thought we were going to get to the bottom of this, but instead, I'm, like, instead I'm more confused. I, I think what I did discover is there is no bottom. <laughs> it's just yeah. a knot. It's just tied into a knot. It's like, yeah. who knows Honestly, where it starts? It's not important because it's the emotional impact of how, you know, Fitz, you know, dies and how they end up getting back to the present. And they fix everything and just like the fallout from that. Yeah, what's the, there's the old uh, <clears throat> the the old joke from an old episode of The Simpsons, which is crazy to think because it was probably like season like seventeen, but it's old <laughs> at this point. It's, it's still, which is insane. But uh, where Lisa Lawless was guest starring, and someone was asking about inconsistencies in an episode of Xena, she goes, "Whenever you have any question about anything that doesn't make sense in Xena, a wizard did it." She says. <laughs> And someone's like, oh, okay. Like, it's yeah. a totally satisfying answer. That's just what I have to. I guess now it's just Chromacons showed fit something. That's right. <laughs> like, that's just our Chromacons put the, put the whammy on it. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, I don't have anything. Yeah, we'll have to rethink everything after Yo-Yo, like you said. But uh, nothing new to add up in this, I guess. <laughs> this episode was a lot, like you said brain trying to wrap your brain around this and also emotionally i just i really love i really love how complete this episode is aside from all of the questions about time travel but just like everybody has like a little arc it's a self-contained episode mm -hmm. i really i like i enjoy that it's very well written for is in that sense <laughs> oh totally i totally agree and i don't think honestly i think like it may be all very very deliberate because they are you know they plan things out maybe not four years ahead or whatever but yeah pretty far ahead and, and they connect everything so well and they i know they're pushed into corners and whatnot i feel like in all likelihood they uh they they did sort of they, they planned this out to where they could get away with their confusing timeline thing and inconsistencies by putting so much of it hinging on this episode that's done so powerfully. So it's like the emotional stuff distracts you from the fact that it doesn't really make sense. It's like just like Back to the Future, you know, because that doesn't add yeah. up either, but it works. I don't remember being worried about this. Like when this yeah. first aired, I was so just like, just rocked by May and Robin's relationship and how like that's all May has ever wanted. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And she was just so traumatized by Bahrain and like everything that happened with Andrew. It's like, I'm sure she had given up on that. And it's like to find out that she actually got to live that life, even though she doesn't know that life. Well, and it still mattered to, to Robin, you know, that, yeah. like if it happened, you know, even if she didn't feel it, she gets to still feel that connection to, the, to seeing this human that she raised. And it's kind of yeah. cool. It's really cool. Oh, I, wish I was going to say that there. Oh, go on. No, go ahead. I was going to say there's one piece of news that I kind of want to talk about next week because this one was so this episode was so chock full of everything, but I just want to give a, a hint about it in that one of the interviews that Jed and Mo did about all the stuff that they could could do and couldn't do and the way everything went over the years, one of the exit interviews, they basically explained why I think Ivanov is so disappointing beyond the fact <laughs> that he's just played by that guy, uh, but why it didn't work for us, like that totally makes sense to me. And I'm like, oh, they were going to do something. 
I mean, Marvel told them they couldn't, but I'll talk about what that is next episode. Cause I don't think there's any way next episode could be quite as jam packed as this one. <laughs> I mean, that, it probably, will. It probably be... will be. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. All right. My cat wants to be fed. I got to go. <laughs> Where can people find you? I can be found in theory. I know nothing <laughs> on uh, social media. Where can people find you? Uh, I can be found at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. Um, also, did you watch the Batman trailer yet? I still have not. I'm going to watch that soon. Okay. Please do, because I want to discuss. <laughs> um, it's, it's intriguing. You'll find it intriguing, I'm sure. Right, right now, you being positive, Regina being positive, like the people I've, I've heard, heard talk about it all are on board. So I'm like, I kind of just <laughs> like that world right now <laughs> like, i'm sure I, I, I believe that i will like i feel like anybody that is attracted to emo men will be pleased <laughs> that's all i'll say well, i think like yeah like you say that and like it's like well bruce wayne is a guy who like can't get over yeah. the fact that he, something horrible and admittedly horrible happened to him as a child and other than that lives the most privileged life in the world so like, yeah. the, like he is like poster boy for it. he was the first yeah. emo man yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever in pop culture so yeah it that totally works. makes sense yeah no, that so. totally works him being him being the sullen pretty boy from the twilight movies oh yeah i mean if he weren't a good actor i could understand people being object objected you know at it or whatever yeah. or, or or feeling upset but as it is what kind of pe people who are annoyed just have a weird grudge and and it's huge insecurity about their own masculinity to like be afraid <laughs> of Twilight because it's or anyone associated with it because it's perceived as a thing for women or whatever. Like that's the only reason I could see anyone at this point not being on board because Pattinson's a great actor and Reeves is a great director. And I mean, other than something that I struggle with because I do love Batman so much, which is Batman uh like burnout, I think. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I for like, sure had Batman fatigue right. until like yesterday. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> no, so I'm 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 interested to see it. I will I'll check that out tonight because yeah. I would like to also have positive feelings about Batman after <laughs> years of dealing with with Batfleck and my yeah. personal disappointment. Which yeah. is like that was casting news I've never really accepted. Not, not, <laughs> just your, not just your I just accepted that that is he that just never happened. <laughs> like yeah. that you know whatever. It's like, oh, Alrighty. he's going to be in the new Flash movie? That's cool. That can be a bad dream, too. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry oh. for uh, whatever that means for Andy Muschietti and uh, and whoever that guy is. Uh, Ezra something or other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, apparently, people really like Ezra Miller, so whatever. I've um, liked him in a couple of things. I haven't seen him in anything in years, but when he was like yeah. just starting out, it seemed like he was a good young actor, so like, I'm sure he's still... There's no reason for him to be gotten like really bad just because yeah. a few years have passed. I'm sure I'm sure he's still good. So, yeah. uh, but, but it's hard hard for me to get on board if Batfleck yeah. is going to be around. No, I'm not about that. Right? I'm glad they rebooted it again because I'm like oh. mm. that. That is uh, like that's the only good part about it. Like, <laughs> what, 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 like like to start, I, I, I'm glad it actually looks like it's going to be good. But like otherwise, they should just take a break if they didn't have. Uh, someone with a good vision or whatever and good people to do it but they do so that's that's good so i, I don't know I'll, I'll check it out and uh yeah that's, that sounds good and we'll be back soon with more emotionally and mentally challenging episodes yes. of shield <laughs> probably not hopefully at least not. until the end of this first half of the season and then i think it'll just get like pretty grown groaning oh man the very the very end is Disney. we're gonna be unbearable because of that girl <laughs> i know 
I'm going to feel so bad for her. I feel like ha- by the very end, we're going to be, I'm going to be like sweet to her because I'll have felt badly for like yeah, being for mean for eight episodes. Her. Yeah. For feel like she can't at all. Um, my friend Rosalind just did a rewatch of all, all of shield. Cause she was writing a piece on um, Gemma and Daisy's sisterhood basically. Mm-hmm. And how it's like the best female relationship in like the entire MCU. It's a really great piece highly recommend you go read i retweeted it from the account too yeah i will um and um there are spoilers for season seven that i had to skip over <laughs> so just just so you know you it won't, <laughs> it won't affect you but if you're listening and and you don't want spoilers for season seven yet don't read it yet but anyway um she was doing she was like live tweeting as she was watching rewatching the seasons and she got to the part with ruby and she's like why do i have to watch this again and i'm like yeah mood <laughs> like no, we're yeah. gonna have to do that too <laughs> that's totally totally relatable <laughs> oh. all right so you can find um our twitter we're on twitter at project tahiti um we're on all of the podcatchers and if you're a browser listener you should go to but why and listen to us there we do leave embeds there uh, thank you all so much for listening to project tahiti it's a magical place catch you later Bye.